0: you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Many retailers are facing tough times right now. That will not surprise you. But if you are facing adversity, what should you do about it? Well, stay tuned first and foremost because today I've got 10 steps to help you overcome an adverse position. Hey, Oliver Banks here, and welcome to episode 52 of the Retail Transformation Show. Like I say, many retailers are in a challenging position right now, feeling under a lot of pressure from shareholders and customers don't seem to be responding to what they are doing. Now, over the last few episodes, there have been a number of different discussion points around why the retail market is changing quite as much as it is. In particular, it would be worthwhile checking out episode 49 and 51, which arguably were both quite negative in outlook for retail. But the world is changing, and as the retail industry, we have no choice. Other than to continue to change with the consumer. So, in this episode, I wanted to give you a framework, some steps, some actionable things that you can do to help arrest that challenge, to help overcome adversity, to really start turning things around. That's right, today's episode is going to be focused on some quick things to do. Why quick? Well, speed acts as an accelerator in itself for your business, it shows that you're doing something and that it's working, hopefully. And that, in turn, will give you more energy to help overcome that adverse position. Now, obviously, for your business, your unique retail business, there may be some very specific or unique actions which only you know about and that you must do. So I'm obviously not going to cover those today, but do include them as well. So, whilst this is not the definitive list for your specific business, it is absolutely going to push you into the right direction. It is going to guide you to the ultimate solution. And these steps also are likely to give you even more actions to do at a later stage as well. So, it's not for the faint hearted. You must be willing to put in the work, but hey, change is tough. Overcoming adversity is tough. I'm not here to tell you that it's easy, but I do believe it is possible. Wherever you are right now, whatever state your your business, your wider business is in, change is possible and you can still turn things around. And it's not just for the CEO. It's not just for the board. These actions can be done by anyone across the organization. Everyone plays a part in my belief. But not taking action, just to touch on that, not taking action is going to be the biggest mistake that you can do right now. It's going to escalate the situation. Things are not going to just magically get better. Procrastinating or taking things slowly or not prioritizing these sorts of important actions is going to eliminate any motivation that you have. It's going to wear out any energy that the business has. And ultimately, that means that making a turnaround happen, overcoming that adverse position is going to be Impossible. Show notes from today's episode are going to be available over at obandco.uk 52. So here we go 10 steps, but just to kick off, two promises that you have to make with me. Number one, you have to be truthful and honest with yourself, and number two, you have to be willing to put in the hard work. So here we go. Number one, you must visit real stores life in retail really starts and ends in stores if you run physical shops it's the you know the figurehead of your business it's the most prominent element for many of your customers importantly it's where the business actually happens it's where the transaction happens where money is handed over in exchange for goods that is the absolute basis the very fundamentals of retail so you have to visit stores to really understand what is going on. But I didn't just say visit stores. I said visit real stores. Now, what do I mean by that? I do not mean go to your flagship store and give yourself a pat on the back. I do not mean go to the store that is very near by the office that everyone always goes to. I do not mean publish exactly where you're going to be going and expect a royal visit. Or rather, you don't expect it, but you do get it. I'm sure you know what I mean. Go out to the real stores. Go out to a very average store, relatively out in the middle of nowhere. Go to a store where you are not expected. Look at that store from a customer's perspective. Go and shop it. Look at that store from one of your colleagues' perspective, a staff member, a team member's perspective. Go and actually get your hands dirty. Go and work in the shop for a day, a week. See how life works. Go and unload a lorry, go and fill a shelf, serve a customer, merchandise a window, count the stock, deal with a complaint. You know, this is the very nitty gritty of a retail operation. And it's essential that you really understand it, to understand what's going on in your business. And in my view, only really doing it for yourself will help you to understand truly. You can hear about something all the live long day and not fully appreciate it and don't hold back at just stores either i'm sure there are other important parts of your operation distribution centers fulfillment centers service centers go and visit them go and get your hands dirty there too the aim of the game here is to understand reality not the false sense of reality that you do get in a flagship or when the red carpet gets rolled out for your royal visit so to speak whilst it's a nice day out for you It doesn't really help you understand the essentials, the challenges that your business is facing. Number two, talk to your customers. I'm sure that won't come as a big surprise to you, but it's still done too little. Have an informal conversation with them. Maybe whilst you're working in that store, just chat. You're going to find a ton of golden nuggets based on what they're thinking, what they're feeling. If you have an ideal customer try and find those people really get under their skin so to speak understand their life understand how you fit in their life how you solve their problems or help them achieve something which bits of your business make them frustrated which bits make them delighted now don't get me wrong proper market research proper focus groups proper surveys still have a place but for some fast feedback an informal chat is absolutely the right direction for you to go in. Step three is that you must check in on your purpose. Purpose is important. It's critically important. And we've touched on it a number of times over the past, well, year of the Retail Transformation Show. I can think of great conversations with people like George MacDonald, with Andrew Busby, with Ian Shepherd. There are so many conversations that I've had about purpose. And if you're not sure what your purpose is, then I'd suggest you go back to episode number 25, where I laid out a bit of a framework to help you understand your purpose. But right now, let's assume you do have a purpose. The big question you need to be able to answer is, are you actually fulfilling that purpose? Or are they just some nice words that are a bit hollow and empty? Are you truly living by your purpose? here's where the honesty starts to come in, right? And if your purpose helps define a reason for why your stores exist, your physical stores, then again, really challenge yourself. Is that coming true? Have you made it happen? Or is it not really going on in an average store, a standard store that the majority of your customer base are experiencing? That makes me think of that amazing conversation that I had with Ian Shepard back in episode 45 and 46. We were talking about his great book, Reinventing Retail, and he was talking about how many stores talk about these great things and they just do not happen. Do not let that be you. Step number four, look at what the data is telling you. I'm sure you have KPIs and I'm sure you're tracking how you're doing against them. Well, that's great. But ask yourself, A, is it masking the story from what's really going on? And B, how would you game the KPI so that the reality is poor, but the metric is good? We all know that focusing on KPIs can really drive great performance. And that's absolutely true. But also, it can change behaviors. It can ultimately change processes to make sure that you get a good score on the metric, on the KPI, to make sure that no one gets in trouble or gets a ear bashing from their boss. If the retail teams have learned how to game the system, how to game metrics or particular KPIs, then that is going to give you a false sense of security. It's gonna give you a false impression of what the world is like. So also when you're looking at the data, really look at the variability. When you're looking at the best stores, challenge yourself, ask, why are they doing so well? What can I learn from them? Equally, look at the worst stores. What are they not doing well? What can you learn from them in a good way? And if there is a lot of noise going from day to day, from week to week or across the year, then what's that telling you? And actually, is it a good metric anyway? Spending time in stores is going to help you understand all of this in a bit more of a rich level of detail it will help you tell the story, it will help you understand how to game a KPI perhaps, or some of the shortcuts that are taken from what you think is happening. Step number five, you must optimize your e-commerce offering. Now it is likely that you do do some form of e-commerce or sell across marketplaces. And it's also highly likely that your customers are looking for you on your website or on other marketplaces. Your customers are looking to shop with you across multiple channels. But how does your e-commerce offering really stack up? Is it easy to shop? In fact, when was the last time you bought something from your own website? Really, when was it? When was the last time you bought something from a direct competitor's website? Well, if you can't answer those questions, what I'd like you to do is to go and buy something. That's right, act as a customer Think of something that you'd want to buy, go and research it, try and find out what information you can, make sure that you've got good pictures and all that sort of stuff. Buy it, go through the checkout process, pay for it, and actually receive the goods. What was that like end to end? Where was it difficult? Where was it painful? Where was it confusing? How did it compare to your competitor? And does it make sense if you're then wanting to blend shopping between an online journey and an offline journey? Was it easy to? compare products to compare prices, all that sort of stuff. You should also look at how you can really optimize each element on your e-commerce offering. There are some quick fixes that you can do that will help convert more customers and really help drive more sales, avoid leaving money on the table, so to speak. So we're at the halfway stage right now. So far, we've had number one, visit real stores number 2 talk to your customers number 3 check in on your purpose number 4 look at what the data is telling you and number 5 of course was to optimize your e-commerce offering so let's take a look at the second lot from 6 to 10 so number 6 was that you must engage on social media continuing with our theme about becoming digitally enabled retailer you have to understand that your consumers are already digitally enabled, more so than you are, in fact. Your customers are talking to each other on social media and they may be talking to you too, or they certainly are going to be talking about you as well. But are you listening to them? Are you talking with them? Are you engaging with them? And if you are, what are the key messages that you're learning from all of those conversations? A simple word cloud. Really help you here to understand the sentiment, understand the topics, and understand what's really important to your customers. Some more listening for you if you've not already checked out the episode that I did with Polly Barnfield, go and do that. It's episode 42 and 43. You will not be disappointed. And you should also check out Polly's business, maybe, which can really easily help you to understand how you're doing on social media what your performance is. It can help you engage with your customers and benchmark against your competitors. Definitely worth a look. In step number seven, you must analyze your competitors. Now we all know retail is a competitive landscape. It always has been in fact, but I would argue that that competition has really hotted up in recent times. So your competitors are probably not just the Usual suspects anymore. Do you understand who your competitors are? That's a big question to start off with, right? You must think about where your customers are actually spending money. How are they solving their problems when the answer is not you? Oh, and here's a quick hint. Remember when you were talking to your customers in step two? Well, they may just have shared that answer with you already. What I'd like you to do here once you have determined who your competitors are, is to really critique yourself. Put yourself in your customer's shoes and decide why you would choose to shop with your competitors rather than yourself. But don't just do this yourself. Bring in some new voices from across your organization to really understand and get some new perspectives. Don't just fall back to the preconceived ideas that you already have about where your competitors are good. Really go in and be honest with yourself as to why that is. So in at step number eight is to make some operational and marketing quick wins. Yes, that's right. It's the proverbial low-hanging fruit, which is still very important to make some rapid progress. I'd like you to focus these quick wins into three elements. First up, look at freeing up time for your people across the organisation and across the operation, but particularly in manpower-heavy parts of the operation, in your stores, in your depots. And right here, the quick wins can come from reducing down the frequency of repetitive tasks. Yes, of course there are downsides, but there are some downsides if you go out of business as well. So just keep things in perspective as to what's really important and which bits are gonna have The longer fundamental benefit overall. Changing the frequency of some of these repetitive tasks can be really good because they're basically instant to implement. And you can just do it for a short period, which gives you time to refocus. So look at freeing up time, first of all. Second of all, once you have freed up time, look at how you can reinvest this to help connect and engage with your existing customers? What is it that you can do to help ensure that your existing customers do not leave? And the third category of quick win that I would like you to look at is to identify what is it you can do to bring in new customers? How can you create a buzz around your store, around your brand, around your proposition? And how can this help to kickstart your sales rather than just save some costs to hit the bottom line. So make some operational and marketing quick wins to free up time and use that to reinvest into saving and caring for your existing customers as well as drawing in new customers. Step number nine is to communicate to your teams. But I'm sure you're already doing that, but are you really communicating the truth to your teams? It's never nice to tell someone bad news but your business will absolutely thank you for your honesty. And besides, it's probably likely that they already understand what's going on anyway. So look at sharing what's going on and what you are going to do about it. Ask for their help, ask for their commitment. And once you've done step number eight, you've got some quick wins. So make sure you really make a big noise about those. It's a great way to signal to your wider team that you're starting to really make a change, to make a difference. Your job here in step number nine is to motivate your teams and inspire them to join you on the adventure. Ask them to join you on your journey to help overcome the adverse position that you currently find yourself in. And step number 10 is an important one. It's that you must start managing this as a program. It's easy to get Steps one to nine and turn into sort of headless chicken mode. Do you know what I mean? Running around, lots of energy, trying to do lots of things. But actually, all you're doing is creating confusion, not really delivering or landing anything and arguably making things worse. So what you need to do to counter this is put in solid program management techniques. Have someone that sits at the heart of it, that really is understanding everything that's going on. Someone that defines the milestones that really plot out the journey and that will drive progress. Someone to explain and track what's going on and who's doing what to ensure clarity between all of the different teams and parts of the organization involved. Someone to keep control and keep consistency and to create a laser-like focus to zoom in on key areas and opportunities. Don't try and cure world hunger focus in. Someone to really prioritize what it is that you are doing and to help you fix the real problems. Now, you may want to use a task force here for a short amount of time. Maybe you have daily meetings, short daily meetings to share findings and make sure that every member of the task force is kept up to date. But the big, big, big watch out here is to keep doing this in a very pragmatic way. Do not let it descend into a bureaucratic admin activity now is not the time for another box checker but it absolutely is the time to have structure and control and logic in what you are doing to make sure that it makes sense and it does give a great big benefit for you to help overcome that adverse position so those are the 10 steps that you must do to help overcome adversity running through them very very quickly number one Visit real stores. Number two, talk to customers. Number three, check in on your purpose. Number four, what is the data telling you? Number five, optimize your e-commerce offering. Number six, engage on social media. Number seven, analyze your competition. Number eight, make operational and marketing quick wins. Number nine, communicate to your teams. And number 10, of course, was start managing it as a program. But the most important thing that I'd like you to take from all of this is that you must get started. These 10 activities are designed to help you get under the skin of what's going on. Use them to find the big problems and the big opportunities. In turn, you will quickly find out what it is that you need to do to get things moving. And once you are clear on that, you must, must, must do it. Taking quick action in this way will create a lot of energy and goodwill. Now, you can then choose to keep this energy up and do the hard work, or you can get distracted and leave things unfulfilled. Doing nothing will be the best way to destroy the momentum, the energy and the goodwill that you build up. Oh, and appearing to do nothing has that very same effect. So do not do it all behind closed doors because no one will know and it will look like nothing is happening. So what are you waiting for? Let's get started. If you want a reminder of all of those 10 steps, then you must head over to today's show notes page over at obandco.uk 52. And if you do have any questions, do feel free to reach out. If you do want some help, do feel free to reach out as well. You can get in contact with me on LinkedIn or send me an email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. If you're new to this podcast, remember to hit subscribe and otherwise, go and do something, go and get started. And I look forward to joining you in the next episode. Bye.